0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Steelers Outpost Podcast, episode number 106. It's just Nick coming here to you live. Uh, in the moment at least, from the Houston outpost. Papa Tom and I recorded a podcast actually during and after the Steelers' 18-6 to preseason victory against the Titans last night, but shockingly, this may come as a surprise to you guys. There were some technical errors that happened along the way, so what I'm doing right now is a little guerrilla recording. I can't tell you where I am or what I'm doing, but we needed to make sure that we got some of our reactions out to you. And if by our, I mean my reactions, I guess, right now. uh, Just some reactions that I have from the Steelers 18-6, victory over the Titans in the preseason. First things first, man, I know it's preseason. We're not looking for wins. We're not looking for losses. It seriously doesn't matter. I think the Lions won all four preseason games the year when they went 0-16. What you're really looking for here, as we've reiterated the first few weeks, is... You're trying to evaluate players who are either going to, let's say, take a bigger role in the offense, like year one to two guys, like a James Washington, or somebody who might have a a large backup role, or somebody who needs to develop their skills, like a Cameron Kelly at safety. You want to maybe get your veteran offense with Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line and juju and these guys. You might want to just get them to knock off a little bit of rust in the preseason so they can be prepared to go play a New England Patriots in week one. You want to knock off some of that rust without leaving them in the game too long exposed to unnecessary risks or anything like that. So, you're really not so much looking at score as you're looking at development of players. But... As we've been saying throughout the preseason game, uh, the preseason this year, it's nice to see the victories because it seems like all of the Steelers' units are firing on all cylinders and they notched another victory against the Titans. And I do think there is something to be said for a team like the Steelers who are trying to. Not quite rebrand, but recover from this ridiculous you know, era of drama and everything like that that we know the media is still going to be putting on them for the next year. Oh, AB's gone, Le'Veon's gone. Well, the Steelers are trying to form some momentum going forward. And with the positive contributions of some of these young guys, when you're talking about Devin Bush and future pro bowler James Washington in the preseason, that gets the, the team hyped. Plus, you're winning the game. So it means your starting unit's playing well and your backup units are playing well. and and guys who we've had our eyes on. You know, I know Ola Adenier hasn't played. He's been injured. Obviously, he's going to be out for a little bit. But he's the kind of guy, Tazar Skipper, obviously your first-round picks, Devin Bush. When those kind of guys are having big performances in the preseason games that lead to victories, it gives a good energy to the team. And it, whether... You know, whether people take preseason seriously or not, you can't help but feel the good vibes when the Steelers keep playing nighttime, primetime preseason games, if you can call them that. I mean, what I mean is that they are the only game on at the time, so a lot of people have seen these Steelers preseason games. I think it's shifted the narrative into a positive direction for the team going into the season. Anyways, those are just some extemporaneous thoughts I have in general, but let me get into. The actual game here I mean first things first It was pouring rain outside And that definitely affected the game From the beginning on both sides The Steelers starting offense came out And it was a bit sloppy They did a ton of You know five wide, four wide A ton of shotgun stuff Getting the ball out quickly Getting the ball out of Ben's hands To protect him Really You think about that If you get the ball out quick You're not going to take any unnecessary hits I love that Get your guys some reps. Don't make Pouncey and Villanueva have to hold their blocks forever. Don't make Ben have to sit there extending plays, exposing himself to injury. You know, same with these receivers. Get the ball out. Let's get some rhythm, and let's see what we can do. And... At the beginning, it was a little bit sloppy. Maybe a pass or two got away from Ben's hands. Maybe a couple were miscommunications. I'm thinking about a uh, a route that Eli Rogers ran. You know, Vance McDonald made his presence known with two drops. That's not exactly a positive start to a well-hyped campaign that he's heading into for this year. But you saw it happen to the Titans, too. The Titans players were slipping. Juju slipped on an out route. Um, so some of that initial sloppiness, I can... You know, I, I didn't read too much into. Now, if we're talking about how the offense ended up, they ended up on their third drive with a beautiful touchdown drive where they marched all the way down to the red zone, capped by a Ben Roethlisberger. I think it was like an 18 or 19 yard touchdown pass to Juju, who found himself on one on one coverage. It was they made the play look easy, and honestly, I think that that play will go a long way to just setting some of the momentum for the season. Once you just want to see that first-team offense go down and score. It does something for the morale of the team. It does something, I'm sure, for the morale of of Ben and and Juju and the players like that who, you know, Juju's got a ton of pressure on him this year. I mean, you can't in your right mind expect him to replicate Antonio Brown's stats. A guy like that only comes around once every, you know, couple decades or whatever. But this guy is going to be a very good number one receiver in my opinion. I think think in the opinion of a lot of people who watch the Steelers, He's going to have some success, but you know it's hard to be able to not compare him to the guy who came right before him. It's just sort of natural. You've been used to seeing the Ben-to-A-B connection for 10 years. So I think for Juju to have a touchdown and a nice touchdown of that in his first action and Ben to hit him like that, that's going to do a good job. At least giving the team some confidence going into the season and, and silencing some of the media and, and, and stuff like that. So saw as far as the starting offense goes, that's pretty much my thoughts. I mean there's there's not a ton to see. The line played well, they didn't have to block for too long. Um pass wise the receivers, you know, not too much to say on, on those first few drives, except for nice job by them capping off that drive. Now James Conner James Conner was a beast. I'm sorry, guys. I think actually Jalen Samuels has looked very encouraging in the preseason. Obviously, Benny Snell is trying to get his sea legs. Trey Edmonds has done some good things. But when you see James Conner out there, it's night and day. I mean, you see the difference between a starting NFL running back or really a borderline Pro Bowl running back. I know that he went to the Pro Bowl as an alternate last year. But the guy just moves faster and more violently than other people on the field. I think he had like five carries for 41 yards, and it wasn't a fluke. I mean, his one and probably his best play was where he had a run outside of the right tackle, and where he found himself one on one with a cornerback in space. Made the guy miss with just a very subtle move. Pretty much ran right at him to confront him, and just a, a slight—it's not even a juke to the inside, just a little cut inside and exploded through for a, a big explosive carry, which has been a big strength of James Conner's game ever since he got into NFL. Even since Pitt, he's actually underrated as a runner who racks up a bunch of explosive carries and long carries. So I thought he looked awesome. He absolutely pancaked a guy on a pass rush, and hopefully they can manage his workload and keep him healthy throughout the season because my opinion on James Conner is that people in Pittsburgh sometimes tend to overrate him because, I mean, how could you not? He's one of the most lovable characters in pro sports. I mean, we've obviously hashed it over. He overcame cancer. Have you heard that? But also, it's awesome. That's never going to stop being awesome. And he's just got such a great attitude on and off the field. And he's one of those hard-nosed players. I mean, he runs at people. He blocks well. He's soft-spoken. He cut that horrific mullet. And now he's rocking a more normal haircut. And by the way, nothing wrong with mullets. Mullets are back. I'm sorry, people. I'm, I'm leading that train But the mullet he did last year That's not a mullet That was an abomination But for all of those reasons You can see why he would be Beloved by Pittsburgh And I think some people You know, see his stats Oh he's just as good As Le'Veon Bell Listen man I'm not gonna go that far I obviously You know See you can get The same type of production Out of him At least numerically Um for a, a tenth of the cost, if that. But I don't think that it's like Le'Veon Bell's in another galaxy from James Conner. I think he's a very good running back. I think that just sometimes people in Pittsburgh might look at it with a little bit of rose-colored glasses. Whereas in the national media, I think James Conner is incredibly underrated. I think people do say, oh, you know, he's got the stats, but he's not anywhere near as good as Le'Veon Bell, blah, blah, blah. I think James Conner is really going to prove himself to a lot of people this year. And he was great last year when he was healthy. Obviously, a couple fumbles at the end of the year, but... James Conner, I think, could talk himself into a top 10 type of conversation. I don't think he's ever the kind of guy that you're going to talk about with Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and some of those dudes, but I think that James Conner has shown the ability – multiple times to be dominant and i know that's a big tangent for just talking about a, a five carry performance with some nice blocking in the preseason but hey we've been talking a lot about the backup players and and, and kind of the new moving pieces on the team this offseason and felt like a good time as any to talk about james connor so that's pretty much the starting offense i thought that they played well i'm glad that they left them in for three drives i personally wasn't you know, terrified like, like other people about leaving starters out there. You know, obviously you're a little little um, wary when you see the field conditions and being so rainy, but these guys know what they're doing, and and I don't think it could have gone much better than how it went. You know, you even if they went on the field and went nine plays for a touchdown on the first drive, you could even make the argument that this was even a better scenario because they had a chance to go out there Kind of fail, feel what it's like to to have to punt on the first drive. Granted, I don't like those three and out opening drives that really, in my opinion, sabotage a lot of the Steelers' season last year. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Back to the point, right? They got a chance to feel what it's like. Hey, go out there. It's bad conditions. Let's get our footing. Okay, three and out or whatever it was or five and out or whatever the first drive was. Punt. Get back on the field. Okay, you have to punt again. Overcome those struggles. Get it together. Go on a long drive. Figure out what you need to do on that, on that day to beat that Titans defense, to beat that field conditions, to coalesce together with this a little bit of a new look offense and go score a touchdown, and that to me gives them a more realistic feel of what it's like to be in a game rather than, hey, we went in there for nine plays, we scored, and see you in New England when we're going to play the most <laughs> sound coached defense in the history of the world in, in their own environment when their fans are going to be going crazy raising that banner. I think that that was the right experience for this team of starting offense. Okay, moving to the starting defense here. They're fast. Devin Bush first play, 100 percent of the games that Devin Bush has played in for the Pittsburgh Steelers at the beginning of his surely to be legendary career. 100 percent of the games he's played in, he's made the tackle in the backfield on the first play, unblocked, big space. There was really a big hole, some running room for the run- the Titans running back on the first play. Was it uh Dion? Was it the old Pit guy? The old- Patriots guy, I can't remember. Either way, running back comes through the hole, big, wide hole. Nobody between him and Devin Bush. Devin Bush makes the tackle. I mean, he's great. I'm so glad we have this guy on our team. But just a couple overarching thoughts. Obviously, you're not playing the Saints or anything like that on the field. The Steelers absolutely gave the Titans nightmares the last time they played them, picking Mariota off like four times. But... You can just tell the difference. Watching the Steelers' teams for the last decade and watching this team, they move around faster on the screen. And the Steelers have made an effort to get these more highly athletic players in the past few years as the passing game and the rules have evolved in the NFL, and it shows. I mean, of course, having Devin Bush off there really pops off the screen, but Terrell Edmonds had, as John Ledyard said on Twitter, maybe his best play as a Steeler, (laughs) which is kind of a half- Half a dig, but honestly, it was a nice play when uh, Marriott, I think, he had play action back in his own zone and made a throw to a, a crossing receiver who was going to be at about 10, 11 yards for a first down, and Edmonds just exploded on his read, exploded to the ball, and knocked it away from the receiver. It was a really nice play, and you just see guys flying all around on that back end of the defense, so that is noticeable, and it popped on screen. The other thing that really popped is the Steelers' defensive line is dominating people. And if they can stay healthy and if people can you know keep doing their jobs, Hayward and Tuitt earned their money last night. Tuitt was dominant. Tuitt had two sacks, one of them being a safety where him and Cameron Hayward uh, did a twist stunt, so Cameron Hayward started on the right side, rushed over to the left side, and Stefan Tuitt started on the left side, rushed over to the right side, immediately got double teamed which did absolutely nothing. He pushed both guys back into Marcus Mariota and got the sack where Cam actually met him at the quarterback at the time. Just physically dominant. Also dominated another player rushing from the left side on a later sack. So Tewitt looked awesome. We've seen this from Tewitt a number of times in the preseason in the first few games of the year before he gets some sort of arm injury. So, you know, we got to be a little wary there to use that word again, but... Man, he's got the talent. Obviously, Kim was dominant. He he was in there for a weird amount of time, honestly, playing late into the second quarter. He might have even played in the – I don't think he played in the second half, but he played a lot. That could have been his choice. Maybe he wanted to get some burn out there and, and, and feel what it's like to get some meaningful snaps in a game. But they were both absolutely dominant. And the Steelers – the Steelers are a large team. They They have this – mix of being fast in the back end and huge and hard to push around in the front end where you're going to be able to battle teams in the trenches and this is critical when you think about new england that's what they are now that you know tom brady's older he's still incredible but he's not fading back there and passing 50 times and winning games like that if you watch the playoffs they're running the ball 40 times a game they want to line up and pound you now hopefully Josh Gordon is back for the first game against New England Because then there's definitely some vertical threat you got to worry about But the Steelers can match up well against that Obviously you got to think Devin Bush That's not the greatest place for an undersized linebacker to go in for his first game Nothing complicated about the New England offense But the Steelers can hold their own in the trenches And not just hold their own, but they can dominate people And they've been doing that for a few years here And these guys are still in their athletic primes, not, not over the hill by any means. So it was nice to see them be so dominant. I mean, you're going to play teams like the Ravens. That's all they can do. They can talk anything they want about the revolutionary offense that's going to revolutionize the NFL. And I'm sure they'll have some RG3-looking type things from like his rookie year in, in, in Washington. Now, they don't have a Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan designing that offense for them, but I'm sure there'll be some, some, some trick canary. But at the end of the day, they're going to want to pound you. Well, the Steelers can match up with that. The Browns, their team is stacked. Okay, everybody out there talking about, oh, the Browns are still the Browns. They need to prove it. No, what are you talking about? The Browns would still be the Browns if they had bad players and coaches. They have really good players at every single position on the field, except for offensive line. But they're going to be good, man. I'm I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, Steelers Nation. Am I saying they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. But is there a chance that they could? Yeah. They have incredible players all over the place. Defensive line, secondary, receivers. Quarterback looks like he's going to be really good. But one big weak spot that they have is that offensive line. And if the Steelers defensive line can maul people like they did against the Titans last night, that is a good sign. So... That's kind of the high, high-arching thoughts I had about the offense. They got their rhythm down. They look like the Ben Roethlisberger-led, Marquise Pouncey-led Steelers offense, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. And the defense looks both fast and powerful when you're talking about up front. Game. But if I had to bet on it, I'm betting that the Steelers offense and defense is going to come out with a ferocity that few have seen in week one against the New England Patriots in two weeks from now. And I'm going to make that bet on my bookie because football is back baby and people have changed teams things have moved around but one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year they're they're uh, hosting the first online handicapping super contest. Super contest. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of that huge cash prize pool. So I would only recommend this service to our listeners if it had been good to us. And it's good to us. Are we good at betting? No. But when we have won on those rare occasions, they give you those fast payments of the winnings. And remember, they got live in-game betting, so that's a really fun way to add some excitement to the NFL game if you already needed extra heart palpitations. Or if you just wanted to double down on the joy for when the Steelers win that week one game against the Patriots and you win $100,000 Hundred thousand dollars on betting over the spread, anyways. So they can you can do it in game, you can do it on their mobile interface at mybookie.ag. Now there's a couple uh, extra features they got here. They'll give you up to a one thousand dollar first deposit bonus if you put in a hundred bucks. mybookie will give you an extra hundred to gamble with. Uh, make sure you use the promo code chair to activate the offer. That's for armchair because we are an armchair all American sponsored podcast. Visit mybookie.ag online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use that promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid, baby. They don't say baby at the end, but it will be, it'll be cool if they did, so I'm going to just give them that one. I'd like to take this time right now to talk to you about my new best friend, President James Washington. Holy crap, this guy doesn't do anything except for catch 40 yard passes. He has done that. In all three of the preseason games, he has looked Downright dominant, and caught yep another long touchdown pass, and he caught it from his buddy Mason Rudolph, who actually threw a, a beautiful moon ball to him in the end zone. And it's you try to temper your expectations with players, and you know it's the preseason, and there's no way somebody's going to do this every game of the regular season. But it's hard to temper your expectations with James Washington, and I wouldn't even uh, I wouldn't even go too far down that route because this guy looks like a beast. My goodness, James Washington noticeably slimmer, we've been hearing it all preseason, but the just the consistency of his success, and especially his success winning down the field I mean, that's supposed to be his game, that is why they brought him in to Pittsburgh and him and Mason Rudolph connected on passes like that constantly, at Oklahoma, and I I had my doubts about James Washington being able to do that at the NFL level when he got drafted, because watching those clips, I just didn't feel like Washington was very fluid, he didn't look that fast, or that he, he jumped that high, even though it was clear that he just has a knack for timing and positioning, and he has really strong hands, so he had a lot of natural talent from those perspectives, but I just, he looked lumbering, and he looked that way in his first NFL year, and it is just noticeable how much smoother the guy is and we've been saying this after every game but the sample size is now getting a little bit more legitimate I mean his moves off the line just the way he runs the way he gets down field effortlessly effortlessly effort, effortlessly effortlessly nailed it Either way, I may not know how to say it, but what I'm trying to say is that James Washington looks really good. And I know there's a lot of trepidation out there, once again, because he looked great in the preseason last year and disappeared a little bit during the regular season, but it just looks different this year, you guys. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be Martavis Bryant or this or that, but he... It just—he's more nuanced. He's more comfortable. He's even more animated, honestly, celebrating and getting into it. So I think he's a little bit locked in. The game slowed down for him, and he sped up physically. It's a big deal. We've seen that with so many of the Steelers players who did the slim down thing. We always talk about Bell and Connor doing it. Well, sometimes it happens at receiver as well. And he's looked awesome and— my favorite part about him slimming down and getting into shape after us hearing so much about the 15 pounds he lost or whatever is that we found out during this game exactly how he did it. Now, we've all heard the story about him, him being a farm guy, grew up on a farm. His dad has a farm in Texas. Well, apparently that's how he lost the weight. There was not a NFL professional nutrition plan A workout plan Although I'm sure he he did that But the way he lost the weight Was by going down to Texas in the offseason And working with his dad On the farm And the weight quote unquote Just fell off him That is the greatest story I've ever heard This is Herschel Walker doing push-ups in the driveway Albeit 12,000 push-ups per day to get Jack Some might say this is too old school we, we have trained professionals to help you not only trim down on this weight, James, but to turn it into muscle. Nope, don't need it. Cows need milking. You, you ever seen forearms from a cow milker? No. You know what it takes to walk this seed, this feed from one side of the farm to the other side of the farm? You don't know. And let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like me jumping over NFL players in the end zone, catching touchdowns. I just love that. It's impossible not to love the dude at this point. So good for James Washington. That's encouraging uh, going forward. Got to keep an eye on him. Couldn't have a better preseason. And, you know, sometimes as a Steelers fan, you just got to have fun. You got to embrace what you're seeing. But I do think that what he's doing looks replicable. Maybe not, you know, 40-yard reception, reception, every single game replicable, but he's been looking great. Only thing is I wish that I got it. See Ben throw him one of those balls because this isn't talked about as much right now, but the last two seasons, the beginning halves particularly, have been plagued by an odd inability for Ben to throw the deep ball accurately which is again it's weird because he's one of the best five or six deep ball throw throwers ever that's the Ben Roethlisberger game he is an artist with that and it came on nicely later in last season but at the beginning of the season the past few years it seems like he's needed to calibrate that a little bit more so I wish that I got to see Ben throwing him some of those deep balls but either way it was nice to see him catch him Okay, now getting towards some more of these second-team guys. I had one thing that crossed my mind that that was interesting. I'm thinking about Cam Kelly, the backup safety, who really looks like, first off, he looks like a man. He looks like a Mack truck, and he spells his name K-A-M, like Cam Chancellor. So I don't know if you want to read into that a little bit, but it's a good sign if you ask me. He, I was thinking about him. He's going to get a bigger piece of the pie this year. looks like the Steelers really are trying to focus on the multiple safety packages and positional flexibility, whether it's with him or Hilton or even Bush to an extent with the different responsibilities he has. Edmonds, everybody, they're, they're making Sean Davis play in the box and changing his position for the fourth time in, in, in four years, but that's neither here nor there. It's not a hard and fast statement for anybody freaking out there. They're not moving him in the box, but they are having guys play all over the field. And Cam Kelly looks like he might get a bigger piece of the pie than we initially thought heading into training camp, not knowing who the hell this guy was. And I'll be the first one to say my dad, Papa Tom, he was the one who really brought him to my attention in one of those episodes a few weeks ago, and I poo-pooed it a little bit. I didn't really know as much where he came from. We were talking about him playing a little receiver or whatever it was in the, in the AAF. I think that was Cam Kelly who we were talking about. And, yeah, he's come a long way from that, so I'll eat my words there after seeing him play a little bit. I'm thinking about uh, him and Deontay Spencer, the wide receiver who's going to obviously have an incredibly difficult time making the Steelers roster just because that wide receiver room is so crowded. I mean, you got six guys, and you're not cutting Eli Rogers or Ryan Switzer, who are at the bottom of that pecking order, below Juju, Washington, Moncrief, and the new draft pick, Deontay Johnson. And I don't know if you're going to trade either one of those guys either, and I don't really know why you would. But Deontay Spencer and Cameron Kelly are two really good job Really good jobs done by the Steelers Personnel department and plucking Guys from odd places Deontay Spencer was a Stud in the CFL The guy had like 800 yards in one Game when you combined his receiving yards And his returning yards and then Cameron Kelly of course a legend Of the Proud and strong, AAF American Alliance of Football. But they they found that guy. Some you know they found Tommy Maddox from the XFL. They've been open to finding these guys from different places. I believe they just added another AAF outside linebacker as well. But. These guys are developed players who have slipped through the cracks a little bit, and they've both looked good. Cameron Kelly's looked good on defense. I think he actually forced a fumble against the Titans. And then Deontay Spencer, as far as guys in the open field, whether it's returning or uh, or running a double reverse like he ran the other night, he's looked the best of the Steelers players in the open field. And this is a guy, he's played a lot of professional football being in the CFL, so he, he obviously looks comfortable out on the field. He is playing at full speed, and he's just got those returner-like talents. He's got a little bit more speed than Switzer, and he's got a little bit more wiggle than Eli Rogers. And it's a shame to see, like, you know, I just don't know how that guy can make the roster, because Rogers and Switzer offer more As pass receivers And members of the offense And like I said You already got six guys It would be really hard To justify last one But he's really stood out to me Just making moves In the open field You know it when you see it You saw it with Brown. You saw it a little bit with Sanders. You saw it all the way back in the day with Hank Poteet and Antoine Randall-L, one of my top favorite Steelers ever. And you can see it with Deontay Spencer. And and I see that ability with Switzer and Eli Rogers as far as the return game goes and being able to shake people. I see that with them, but they don't seem to have the breakaway speed, and I've seen flashes of that from Deontay Spencer. So just props to the personnel department for the Steelers for finding these guys in the AAF and the CFL. Curious to see what goes on with them going forward. So, uh, another guy, I guess, Tazar Skipper, outside linebacker, another outside shot at making the roster, although maybe it's been clouded a little bit with Ola Adenye's recent injury. They said that could be, you know, a four week injury, but they didn't say that's set in stone. It, it could be longer than that. And Tazar Skipper has played incredible in the preseason and another big play against the Titans and has very much looked like I don't know, man. I mean, Chicolo offers a lot on special teams, and the problem is Tazar Skipper doesn't, so that alone might do him in right there, but Tazar Skipper has already got a higher ceiling defensively than a Chicolo. but I don't know what they're going to do. They might need to keep him for the beginning of the season. Maybe there's a chance they put Ola on IR designated to return, but that would keep him out like half the season. I really think that... The coaching staff wants to get this guy going. Uh, So I don't know what they're going to do. Cesar Skipper might be an odd guy out on the roster. But there's a couple guys like him, Trey Edmonds at the running back position, you know, Deontay Spencer. Uh, There's some guys on the roster who might fill that one position a year that gets like an extra allocated guy, right? I mean, damn, you also got Ulysses Gilbert, on an inside linebacker. some other guys like that but yeah there's a lot of good guys on the Steelers that might not make the team this year but we'll take that as a positive in terms of the Steelers identifying these guys and developing them so Tazar Skipper is another guy to just keep your eyes on in the in the next few weeks at that outside linebacker position Now, the last thing to talk about, I guess, would be special teams, and all i got to say is Chris Boswell looks good, kicked in the rain. The only problem with him is that apparently he didn't actually screw his head fully onto his shoulders before this game because he tried to make a diving tackle on a long kickoff return where I screamed quite literally at the iPad that I was watching the game on live on Game Pass or whatever it was. Dude, uh, Boswell, do you not know why you have a job? Do you not know how you made the team? Do you not realize that it was another great Steelers kicker in Sean Swisham who tried to make a tackle in a preseason game in the Hall of Fame game against the Green Bay Packers and then ended his career in trying to make that tackle. Please don't try to tackle anyone anymore unless we're in December and it needs to happen if Mike Tomlin hasn't already done the job by stepping onto the field and and making sure Jacoby Jones doesn't score. Anyways, that terrified me, but I think that it's good seeing that Boswell has got some reps in game in, in stadiums I know it's not the regular season But there's still a lot of pressure on himself Internally at least to go in there Hey you're all dressed up, you're in uniform Your players are watching You are in a primetime preseason game I know that sounds funny to say that But it is the only preseason game on And people are desperate for preseason games Especially in week 3 when you know a lot of the starters are playing So you do have eyes on you And you have extra eyes on you Because of the horrible season he had last year People want to know, can you bounce back To be the incredible kicker that he was And so far it's so good, man He even got an opportunity to do so in the rain So you never know how these guys Are going to react You have to stand on the sideline And and wait your chance all year I think uh, Morton Anderson was on part of my take this week, and he basically did the math saying, yo, kickers, we're on the field. We play for about 10 minutes the whole year when you add up all their time of going on to the field. It's like 2.1 seconds from snap to kick on a field goal. So there's plenty of time to think about what you're doing, and you don't know how these guys are going to react when the time comes around. But I think that this is about as positive a preseason as you can hope for with Boz. And the thing with Boz is, I always like about him is he's a zen dude. He has no emotion, no personality, and that's what I like from a kicker. He's a rice guy, so, you know, he's got, he's got a big brain in there. But I think that somebody like him who generally keeps his motions uh, Buddha-like in the center, maybe a modern stoic, if you will, practicing some modern stoicism. Maybe he reads some of those Ryan Holiday books. That's the kind of guy you want at that kicker position, you know, low heart rate or steady heart rate, whatever that is. So I thought he was good. Obviously, Barry had a very nice punt pinning the Titans inside of their own five-yard line, which eventually resulted in a safety. And you like to see that complimentary football, which the Steelers have not played on a consistent level from the special teams and defensive perspective over that whole killer bees era. It seemed like the offense just needed to put up 35 points if they were going to play a good team. That was the only way you were going to win. Well, it's nice to see the special teams put the defense in a position to succeed and the defense finishing off the job so that was very nice we also do have to give a shout out to kern the uh, whatever the punter's name is for the titans who punted a 200 yard punt in the rain that got called back okay it was 81 yards but he was punting out of his own end zone basically and switzer had to turn around and sprint after the ball and still didn't catch it and it took a big bounce and went 81 yards they had to redo the punt uh, because of a penalty but i just i didn't think that that was physically possible and that's an area, as a Steelers fan, where you get jealous because Barry punting out of his own end zone is an absolute disaster, which makes it funny because Barry punting near the 50-yard line when he's trying to pin teams in their own end zone, in their own red zone, he's magnificent. He's very good at that, and we saw him demonstrate that again against the Titans. But I digress. Credit where credit's due. That's pretty much all I got. I'm sure I forgot something. Oh, I did forget something. I forgot something major. Not about the Steelers-Titans game. I think I've pretty much covered all that. We pause now for a word from our sponsor. Before we continue on with the show here, I got a quick little word from y'all from our friends at Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them any time, day or night, on a full stomach or empty one. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. Special deal here. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, Armchair, and just pay five bucks shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com. Promo code armchair. But Andrew Luck. Oh my goodness. One of the craziest sports stories we've heard in a long time. Definitely the craziest retirement, most unexpected. I know people want to talk about Barry Sanders, and it's it's not a, a, a franchise quarterback, a guy with potential all-time great status on him. Not a franchise quarterback Retiring after six years It's insane um, I'm actually depressed I love Andrew Luck You know, Obviously it's Steelers And then screw everybody else But there are other players you like If you can imagine that And it's impossible not to love Andrew Luck The guy is like a quarterback built in a laboratory He is Aaron Rodgers mixed up with Ben Roethlisberger He, along with probably Peyton Manning and John Elway, those are the three most hyped college prospects to ever come out. And all of those guys delivered on that hype, and none of them delivered quicker than Andrew Luck, who took a 1-15 in team immediately to the playoffs as a rookie. Andrew Luck never even had a bad stretch of play in the NFL. He only had long stretches where he didn't play. In my opinion, he totally delivered on that hype. And not only that, he's just one of the most likable guys in the NFL. He's a total nerd. But not in the way that rubs you wrong Like that might that might not work for all the NFL Locker rooms they don't want to be marching Into battle behind a nerd well it's because this Nerd goes out there and stiff arms Defensive tackles in the face and throws 60 yard touchdown bombs to T.Y. Hilton Like it's nothing but He's such a genuinely good guy Some people might make fun of it but the videos Of him congratulating defensive Linemen after they sack him or After they would crush him Behind his non-existent offensive line For the first part of his career and he would he would Dap him up and say, oh, good hit, big buddy It might seem cheesy It's hilarious, dude, that's awesome And it's not put on, that's just actually who the guy is Smart guy, well-spoken And the fact that he's decided to retire While it's depressing because the NFL is losing a superstar And in my opinion, a a potential all-time legend Based on the way his career was going It really sucks to see that And it's also sad to see that, you know, the reason why he said he retired, which it it wouldn't have taken a genius to find this out, is that his body has been broken down. He is constantly injured, constantly stuck in in this cycle of rehab. And he just can't get out of it. And his body is literally breaking down. It's, he's already got like arthritis in his shoulder. And he can never get out of rehab. And it's even at the point right now where he has this leg injury. They don't even know what's wrong with him. He's going to Europe to try and figure it out. Oh, it's a calf strain. Oh no, maybe it's Achilles. Oh no, maybe it's this other thing we can't pronounce. But either way, uh, you're hurt. So don't get out there. And he's played through so many injuries that you can understand this, this would drive a guy crazy. Especially a guy Who's as smart as Andrew Luck is. And he's made some good money in the NFL. And he's going to succeed at anything he's doing. And he he thinks for himself. And I totally support his decision to retire, even though it is a bummer that the NFL is losing a player like that. Obviously, Steelers fans out there... Of course, this does mean that there's one less major contender uh, in the AFC. The Steelers do play the Colts this year, and it seems like every time they play the Colts, they luck out and don't play Andrew Luck. It's always some backup. And I think the last time they did play Andrew Luck was when Ben went Mount Vesuvius with the six touchdowns and 500 yards. It was glorious. My favorite game ever. That isn't, you know, a Super Bowl or playoff win. But. Yeah, obviously that makes a, a little bit of a difference there, but who cares? It sucks that the, the NFL's losing this guy. I'm glad that he is leaving in relatively one piece, though. And then just a quick little blurb on the Colts fan booing the Colts fans booing him as he walked off the field. Obviously, that's disgraceful. Obviously, that's despicable. I think, you know, I am gonna. I'm not going to cut those people some slack. Um, My dad and I were talking about it. Papa Tom and I were talking about it. And we say the people that you should be angry at are the fellow fans in the stadium. You know, I I tend to think that that was a large, drunk, vocal, dumb minority who was doing the booing there. They were caught up in the moment. Indianapolis doesn't exactly have a history of that kind of stuff. Um, But their fellow fans who were clear-headed, they should have taken them out back and, and told them what's what. So those are the guys We should really be mad at I see a lot of people By the way online Saying oh If this were Philly The media would be dragging us Oh if this were New York Or Boston The media They'd be dragging us In the worst state That's because you You do so many bad things All the time For decades Oh, Indianapolis did one thing. Oh, yeah, they're as bad as Philadelphia, who has a laundry list of throwing batteries at people and peeing on Santa Claus or whatever the hell they did. You, you have, you deserve those reputations, Philly, Boston, and other team, New York. Okay, and I don't, need, I don't have anything against those fan bases, but you gotta be real, right? I, it's that's a hilarious take to me. Like, oh, they'd be giving you so much crap. Yeah, because you do that stuff all the time, right? Rob Gronkowski laid out Trey White or whatever the guy's name is, the cornerback for the for the Buffalo Bills that one time in an egregious, disgusting cheap shot. But he had never done anything like that in his career and he never did anything after that. So it's like, okay, everyone gets one, right? But anyways, that, that was super lame. But I was listening to part of my take this morning and I kind of like what they were saying about all these social justice warriors, if you will, trying to get social media points online by saying... You know Andrew Luck has the right to retire. Imagine oh, all you people getting mad at andrew luck oh you 're not going to entertain me on my Sunday. Who cares if your body is breaking down and you can 't play with your newborn child that 's coming along right now? I need to be entertained on Sunday like imagine that and, and of course, I totally agree with that, and it is disgusting, and that 's kind of the initial reaction I had when when hearing people booing, but the guys on part of my take made the good point of like. I I think that is – I think pretty much everyone agrees that, like, Andrew Luck is justified in retiring and and not many people are are really having that take of, oh – Andrew Luck is a millennial And he's retired. Barely anybody really has that opinion If anybody except for Doug Gottlieb And then that weird crowd at Indianapolis I'm not saying I give them a total pass That was that was gross man Especially when you see the video of Andrew Luck Walking off How can, and, and it's Andrew Luck This isn't, you know, no offense to Tom Brady But Tom Brady didn't get hit for 18 years Andrew Luck has played through Every bone in his body Has been broken and he still plays Through it And yes, Ryan Grigson and the Colts deserve a ton of the blame for this because they were completely negligent in building an offensive line for the first four years of Andrew Luck's career. He's a giant, and that's the way that they drafted, and that's the way that they didn't bring in free agents and everything like that. They only drafted three linemen within the top three or five rounds or whatever it was. In Andrew Luck's first four years of his career, they're like, oh, that big giant, he'll just... Break tackles and and make it happen. He doesn't need a line. We can just keep taking receivers like Philip Dorsett in the first round. It was negligence. And then I guess Ballard, is he the new guy? Well, the, the current GM came in there, built an offensive line, and you were about to see Andrew Luck, I think, make the same type of transition that Ben Roethlisberger did, who also played behind horrible offensive lines for the first part of his career. And yes, you guys can say, oh, but he extended the plays. Like, so many of those sacks were his fault. Well, so many of the successes that he had Were also due to him extending those plays And many if not all of the quarterbacks In the NFL would have died behind those Pittsburgh offensive lines just like many Or all the quarterbacks in the NFL would have died Behind those Indianapolis offensive lines So you get two sides of of The coin there when you get these giant quarterbacks I also think that when you're a giant quarterback like that, you're used to making these plays at every level of football and using that size to dominate people, and then eventually you have to evolve and become more pocket passer. And part of that's on your team and your organization to put the pieces around you on the offensive line to protect you. That's what helps you evolve in that direction, right? And Indianapolis didn't do that, so it is a real crime to see that the, the Colts had a big hand in wasting the career of this general generational talent Who they got immediately after one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Peyton Manning. So that's a bummer, but I support the guy in his retirement. I, 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 there is a happiness there realizing that oh, okay, this situation was and, and I, I do remember thinking like man, this is an insane amount of, amount of injuries this guy's this guy's going through. You kind of look at Cam Newton not quite in the same territory, but edging around that territory down in Carolina, you think the same thing but with the way Andrew luck of course eloquently described it in his press conference, you realize this was getting to a really bad point where this guy wasn't going to be able to walk around or 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 do anything in, in in his retirement if he didn't get out of the game now, and it Listen, there's a lot of retired guys Who that's a reality for them So that's not conjecture I mean, he was heading down that path And I'm happy that he got out While he's hes still going to be a legend He'll be a kind of what could have been Maybe like a Grant Hill Or a Terrell Davis At least Terrell Davis got, you know The Super Bowls or whatever But Andrew Luck had a lot of success In my mind, he's an NFL legend Unfortunately, the Hall of Famers Probably won't give him that vote Because he doesn't have the Super Bowl Or whatever But, um bummer to see him go but i'm happy to see he's going in one piece and that's my rant on andrew luck i was gonna do like a 15 20 minute podcast and i i actually don't have a proper timer on this garage band i'm using on my phone right now but i think this was a three-hour podcast so maybe you can split it up and listen to it for a couple days but either way Hope you guys enjoyed the game Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast We'll be back with Papa Tom next week We're working on some new technologies for bigger and better things for the season Armchair All Americans Got some big things going on Big tweets coming out about that you guys Hope you like the new logo It's the same logo with a different background I think it looks pretty cool It's got a little bit more black and gold rather than just the gold But that's uh, part of the new Armchair brand We got a lot lot of stuff going on Getting ready for next season Well this season And we got one more preseason game to go. And then please, regular season, get here because I am so hyped, especially after seeing a lot of the starters in that Titans game. So thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Steelers Outpost. Email us, SteelersOutpost at gmail.com, and check out SteelersOutpost.com on the Internet if you want to do it the old-fashioned way. Tune in next week, everybody. Go Steelmen. Okay, bye-bye.